Welcome to Acts of Grace Church. My name is Carrie Wetzel and I am the pastor here. Let's open in prayer, shall we? Lord, we thank you for your love, guidance, and grace. We thank you for sustaining us from day to day. We thank you for your abundant provision. And we ask Holy Spirit to come and hover and lead this service. Lord, let every word from my mouth be ordained by you. And if I should even attempt to speak against anything that you do not want me to speak, Lord, put a watch over my mouth, lest I sin against you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the title today is, It's Not You, It's Me, Lord. Many times we may see what is going on around us and think, if only I had more money, if only I had a better job, if only I had more time, if only circumstances were dot, 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 you fill in the blank. Or sometimes we think of the people in our lives and if they were more like this, or if they were more like that, if only they would listen, if only we, if only they would do the right thing, if only they were more like so-and-so. The Lord put these questions on my heart last week, and he puts things on my heart sometimes, not for a sermon. It's just something he's working with me on, right? So he, he, he wants me to work on it. He wants me to master it. And then I can do a sermon on it. Last week, he was, he was saying, imagine me. Imagine me standing before you. And what if I was asking these questions? What if I said, what if I'm using the lack of money, your lack of resources, to teach you the value of living a more simple life? Or what if I'm using the sucky job to teach you to do a job with excellence, no matter the circumstances, and as if you're working for me? Or what if I'm using your busy schedule to teach you the value of spending your time wisely? What if I'm using the people around you to get you to stop comparing and to stop complaining. That hit me hard. Like that hit me hard when he did that. And it dawned on me, what am I compa what am I complaining about? What am I comparing myself to? What am I looking around at the outside world and saying it's not enough? The question is, what are you complaining about in your life? A definition of a complainer is someone who is discontent with their lot in life. Complaining is damaging to the peace, joy, and patience, patience that come from Holy Spirit. It is destructive and it is weakening in our personal lives. It will weaken us. Complaining will only make our witness to the world more difficult. Think about this. Who would be attracted to a religion or a church with congregants that are dissatisfied with life and who continually grumble and complain? Clearly, as believers, we are challenged not to complain. According to Philippians 2, 14 through 15, which says, Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine 
as lights in the world. That will really get to you, doesn't it? What about 1 Peter 4, 9 that says, Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. We are to rather love one another deeply so that we become blameless and pure in God's eyes. That's our call. If we grumble and complain, it shows how worldly we still are. James 4, 1 through 3 says, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. That's powerful. That is a powerful word right there. Let me tell you again, that was James 4, 1 through 3. I, I suggest you get your Bible out and, 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 and look at that again. A complaining spirit leads to fighting and quarreling because complaints come from unfulfilled desires. This leads to envy and strife in our hearts. It causes divisions in our families, in our workplace, and in our church. Also, while it is not wrong to complain to God, it is wrong to complain about God. Those that do so in the Bible met with the anger of God. We should, instead of complaining to others, bring our complaints to God. We should ask him if there's something that we can do to fix it. We should ask if we're the problem. Because sometimes we are. We should always be looking internally when we are tempted to complain and ask the Lord, what is my role in this complaint? What, if anything, can I do different so that this is no longer going to be a problem? Complaining is our reaction to something or someone, right? Who do we have control to change? Only ourselves. We can't control anyone else. Sometimes we have no control over the situation at all, but we can control how we react to any given situation. But it takes patience and it takes learning and it takes an acceptance to say, I need to make a change. I can tell you I've had to remove myself from many a situation and God and I have had a lot of discussions in restrooms. I, that's my go-to place when I'm in a public air arena and I can't go anywhere else. I will go to the restroom and I will start talking to God about what's going on. Because he is the only one who can fix me. He can only want be, he's the only one who can change my heart and he's the only one who can, can talk to other people and, and change the situation. And I'm going to give you an insight into the best way to handle this. Go to a restroom if you're in a public place or like say you're at work or just I have to go to the restroom and you just excuse yourself. 
this is the this is the prayer that I pray when I'm in that situation and I get into that restroom and I get into that place where I'm by myself. I say, search me, O God, and see if there's any sin within me. This comes from Psalm 139. And Psalm 139 says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. That is Psalm 139, 1 through 6. And I, you don't have to memorize that, but a smaller version of that is, search me, O God, and see if there's any sin within me. You can remember that, right? Because that's what you're seeking is God's help and direction. And we should be still in that moment and listen for the Lord to answer these questions. God is faithful to answer, but we have to be willing to accept what he is telling us, even if we're the problem. Also, we need to keep in mind if it's not something that we would say to God in our private time with him, then we most assuredly should not be complaining to others about it. Complaining isn't our only problem either. We must be careful with our words, what comes out of our mouth. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. We must be very, very careful with what we say. We can curse ourselves or other people without ever intending to do so with just our words. So we should need to remember that we should never put ourselves down. We should never put somebody else down. We need to be very careful with how we speak and what we say because words do matter. God is listening. The angels hearken to our words. If we do not guard our mouths, then we will say things that are harmful, that are hurtful, and that will stop and hinder the purposes of God in our life or in other people's lives. So please remember to guard your words, to think before you speak. The importance of this, I can't even stress enough the importance of how our words affect our lives and the lives of others. Jesus spoke about this in Matthew 15, 18. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. And Matthew 12, 34 through 35, Jesus was talking to Pharisees when he said, You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil he's telling us to guard our words he's telling us to be careful with what we speak because out of the heart the mouth speaks so how do we change our old ways of talking well i've come up with four steps and the first one is repent 
Repent of the negative words we have spoken. This means we have to stop excusing ourselves and see our negative words as God sees them, that we are bringing death upon ourselves or others. We must ask the Lord's forgiveness for bringing negativity on ourselves or others through the words that we have spoken. Choose to forgive any who have wounded you by their words and ask God ask God's forgiveness for them. That's right. We need to ask for God to forgive the people who spoke ugly about us. I know that's hard. I know that it's difficult, but forgiveness is the only way to get past these things. It's the only way to break the curse that the person spoke over you. Did you hear that? That's the only way. Forgiveness will break the curse that someone else spoke over you. The second thing that we must do is we must renounce. Renounce the consequences in your life of the words you have spoken or others have spoken over you. Speak out loud that you will have nothing further to do with the old ways of talking in Jesus' name. We simply have to say, I renounce what that person said over me. I renounce the words that they have spoken, or I renounce the words that I have spoken over someone. And then we move into step three, which is to break. We break the effect of negative words, yours or others, over our own lives. Speak that command out loud in Jesus' name, and as you do, the ties of those destructive words will be cut. That is the power of your words being put to good use. The fourth thing is speak blessing. Speak blessings on yourself and on others and the circumstances that you're in. You're releasing that blessing as you speak it out. Now, you may not change your old patterns of speech overnight, but we have to work on it. We have to continuously work on this. You may even fall back into old ways of talking and speaking from time to time without realizing it, but don't be discouraged. God is in this process of changing you and Holy Spirit will prompt you when what you have said is not according to his ways or what he would want you to speak. Again, don't be condemned. Just use the four steps outlined above and step out of the negative consequences of the words you've spoken and step into what God would have you to say over your life and over others. Speak blessings, speak mercy, speak forgiveness, speak love. Ask God to help change you in that area. If that is your issue, if you have an issue with speaking negativity, ask him to help you change it. He will help you because he's promised to be with you in all that you do. He's promised to be with me in all that I do. This has made such a difference in how I speak about things and how I speak to people. And I hope that it helps you. I hope this has been encouraging, an encouraging word for you. I hope that this has been helpful to you. 
and we're going to go ahead and close out in prayer. Father, as we leave here today, bless all of our days with your grace, guidance, and provision. Keep us safe and watch over us. Lord, we pray your sustaining presence will go with us and walk with us throughout our week and bring us safely back to your house again. I thank you, Lord, for your many blessings and for all the tithes and offerings that are received in your name. Bless the ministries that we are sowing into and for the people that are being blessed by our faithfulness. We pray that you would bless them with grace and mercy and provision. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.